Hello Internet, and welcome to Death Watch. This is a 40k game based in the same universe as our other games. Rogue Trader, Only War, Dark Heresy, Black Crusade. We've done them all now, I think. Uh, no Black Crusade live yet. Oh, that one didn't go yeah, live? Yeah, it didn't go up on the channel, so we might it do might another gone, one later. It might have gone Who live. Who knows? All right, well, the Black Crusade got lost in transit. Oh no. I mean, yay? Got lost in the screaming vortex. Good. Look, we got it banned because it was heretical, so that happens. So, in any case, this is set in the same canon universe, and uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll work in uh, familiar faces somewhere along the way. Everything's going to be new to me. Yeah. It's a secret to everyone. Also, I mean, I remember everything that's happened on the podcast. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that's uh, about as likely as uh, memorizing every Simpsons episode. <laughs> Although we have significantly more hours of content than them. One of many ways we're better than Matt Groening. <laughs> to go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's give a little bit of the basic concept. The Death Watch are space marines in from the 40K universe. They are genetically engineered monsters and... Uh, I've got a little bit prepared here, so I'll just exposition myself all over this recording. Yay. Uh. <laughs> all right, so in the year 755 of the 41st millennium, in the Calixis sector, on a routine visit with rogue trader Blaine Arcadius, the Navy frigate the Spear of Tarsus made a discovery that would change the course of a trillion lives. On an emergency exit from the warp... In the heart of Imperial territory, their astropath immediately collapsed, frothing at the mouth, the auto-recorder recording a single phrase, The unraveling has begun. On further investigation, the spear found a station, a ring kilometers in length of unknown Xenos architecture and purpose. And after many years of careful study, the station was activated, opening a stable portal to a region of space that had been isolated for thousands of years by warp storms, the Jericho Reach. The Jericho Gate, connecting... To on one end to the center of imperial territory could be one of the greatest threats or opportunities in all of mankind's history. So, in the year 777, 22 years after the initial discovery, the High Lords of Terra issued the official decree authorizing the Achilles Crusade under the command of Imperial Warmaster Tiber Achilles. And as he went through the gate, he found early success securing the Iron Collar a near-impenetrable series of Imperium-sympathetic worlds that were quickly conquered and fortified and turned into staging areas. The early victories, however, were quickly followed by failures. In the Galactic Southeast, the Tau Empire, having assimilated many of the formerly human worlds into their system-spanning greater good, slowed the Crusade down, and to the Galactic East, the Hades Anomaly spewed forth demons and the Stigmatis militia, corrupted humans and ogrens and psychers and all that good stuff. The greater good. The greater good. And in 786, just nine years into the crusade, Tiberacalus is lost forever during a routine warp voyage within the Iron Collar. So his successor, Solomon Tetrarchus, Tetrarchus has been in charge of the crusade for 31 years, in 812, 26 years into his command, he reorganized the, is the crusade into three distinct entities. To the southeast, the Canis salient, led by Commander Ebengrave, engages the Tau. The Akaros salient, which is currently under the command of Duchess Magratha von Karlak, engages the, Stigmart the Stigmartis army that's emerging from the Hades anomaly. And in the Galactic North, the Orpheus salient, under General Mikal Curis, seeks to reunite the broken and the easily broken and sympathetic worlds there. 
And while the other salients settle into a long stalemate, the Orpheus salient is successful, advancing quickly until the shadows of a new foe, the biological hordes of the Tyranids, crash into the front, pushing it back slowly and steadily. Dozens of worlds remain entirely unknown, their state anyone's guess. So today the year is 817, five years later. The Aculus Crusade has been raging 40 years, and in these troubled times, the Ordo Xenos, the arm of the Inquisition with ultimate authority and duty to face all alien threats to mankind, operates among the Crusade, pursuing goals that may save a million lives or doom an entire fleet in a heartbeat. Their greatest warriors, the Death Watch, are drawn from the ranks of the Space Marine chapters, genetically engineered warrior monks armed with the greatest implements of war the Imperium can muster. And on Watch Station Arioch, the millennia-old fortress of the Death Watch in the Jericho Reach, a new kill team is commissioned. And that's where we start our campaign. So the conference room deep within Watch Station Arioch is hewn from a single massive piece of black marble, undecorated. Cut straight into the marble is a massive conference table, and all around it, cut into the same marble, is a a series of slabs, simple backless chairs for the warriors of the Astartes to fit on. And open the conference room is currently empty, and let's say... Uh, Axe, let's say your character is escorted in by a chapter surf. You're awaiting the official formation of the kill team. What was it like when you first, well, when you, I guess, last uh, were sent to the Death Watch? Maybe also tell us who you are. Yes, that too. Uh, okay, um, I'll start off with, I guess, uh, just sort of basic description. Uh, playing yeah. Ramsey McEwen. Or Mac Kewen, because 40k is weird about how it steals language things. Um, he's a storm warden uh, from the planet Sacris. Uh, he is a, f- a fairly average build for an Astartes, if you can even tell, under all the armor. His only distinguishing features being a small, uh, not quite mohawk, which is a strip of reddish hair in the middle of his otherwise bald head. And... Uh, Let's see, as far as um, how he left, uh, his chapter his chapter is at war right now. They're the bulk of the forces in the Achilles Crusade. So I'm guessing it wasn't a particularly well-attended or particularly enthusiastic affair. Um, most likely, uh, it was... Just him and maybe a couple of the other tanks that he dropped or drove in with, uh, the crews of those, uh, and probably a very quiet affair, um, and uh, a couple of ritualistic duels before he left, uh, settle certain scores, and that was pretty much it. Did you win? He did. Excellent. Yeah, it was over minor minor squabbles that tend to sort of blow up among the storm wardens. I should have been in the vanguard. You no, know, you should have been in the you know all that stuff. So yeah, that's how we left. Was this were these were these duels raged in the storm sphere? Two <laughs> marines enter, and I guess two marines leave. Yeah. <laughs> no, they know better than to kill each other. Not not while the emperor still needs their lives. Yeah. Yeah, that that's theft from the emperor, <laughs> and that's a mortal sin. Oh yeah, yeah, and a uh, in armor or out of it um, is probably the biggest identifying feature is the large claymore he carries with him at all times. 
Uh, he's had it since he was a human adolescent uh, during the trials on Sacris, and you will pry it from his cold, dead power gauntlets. So was it oversized? No, it's it's a uh, it was it's, it's it's a like it, when he was a human, it was yeah. a great like a claymore. So it's still he still has to use two hands to wield it properly, but uh, it probably just looks like a sort of bastard sword in comparison to him. Yeah, I was going to say, do, was it too large for a human or too small for a space marine? <laughs> it's a little too small for a space marine. <laughs> has it been has it been adapted to your suit? Do you take a minus ten for using it? <laughs> <laughs> Still counts. Yeah, but we'll assume that uh, they just like slapped a bunch of ta- duct tape around it or something, and so <laughs> you can uh, hold the handle. Yeah. Turn- it turns out it was double hilted, so you just had to remove the extra cross guard. Yeah. <laughs> that probably worked. Now you now it's a hand. Now it's a one hand fills the whole guard instead of two. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go to uh, James and his character next. Sorry. What were the questions again? Uh, who are you, and what was it like when you left your chapter? Alright, I am playing uh, Zafiel, tech marine of the Consecrator chapter of the Dark Angels, or successor chapter of the Dark Angels. And, uh, well, honestly it was heartbreaking, because I didn't really get to leave the chapter. They left me instead. I was left in an, inf- an infirmary bed, watching a video feed with all of my limbs surgically severed from my body while I watch the Heritor of Ages, our flagship, leave the planet. But now I've got some limbs, and the chapter's gone, but I have a fifth limb, a servo arm, a tremendous device that's coming up from the top corner of my body that has this, like, giant power loader, monkey wrench-looking claw on the top of it. Uh, Should I go into the design of the armor? It's like uh, the, Uh, the chapter trappings? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, the Consecrator armor is black, just like Death Watch armor is, so there was no repainting that needed to be done there. But on one corner, there is a uh, there's a circular sigil with a red-winged flame and a red iron halo atop it. And there's a single red line down the front of my mask, which, unlike the rest of yours probably, doesn't have that sort of mouth vent thing on the front. Okay. Uh, let's go to Max. Okay. Uh, I am playing Hyxis, a librarian for the... Gonna just have to lock in however I'm gonna pronounce this now. Uh, Karcharodons. A relatively strange and unknown chapter amongst the Imperium. And my uh, favorite himself... kind of dinosaur. <laughs> uh, he himself is rather tall, even by Space Marine standards. Uh, and his face is impossibly pale. Uh, kind of the pallor of someone deceased and given enough time for the blood to leave the face. As well to accommodate that, his eyes have a single dark color through all of them. Solid black. Kind of liquid in their appearance. He has very short curly black hair beyond that, and otherwise just garbs himself in rather dated armor. Uh, heresy armor in particular, covered in the number of large metallic studs. The act of leaving his chapter, however, to join the Death Watch wasn't exactly one of honor or one of celebration. It was simply one of following through on established duty. When he woke up, his chapter gone. Him rising from however millennia long of rest atop a sp- uh, in one of the cryo-containments and units of a Space Hulk. He simply had a few instructions on what to do in such a case, 
And in the case of this, where he had no direct way to reconnect with anywhere he knew he should be, he followed the last command in regards to that, which is to join the Death Watch and the duty they serve. Okay. And uh, let's go with Danielle next. Who are you and where did uh, from where did you come? I'm playing Taiki, a uh, sister of the Adeptus Auroritas. And the day I left my chapter, there was a big feast, and the floors of the hall were covered in flower petals, which was kind of a, an affectionate jab at my upbringing. Um, everyone made an effort to be very lighthearted and happy, but there were some tears and some hugs from my sisters before I turned my back and left. Okay. Your physical description? Uh, she's the only basic human in the group. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, she is capable of wearing the same kind of armor, though. Um, she also has a jetpack, which makes her pretty recognizable in armor. Out of armor, she's mostly recognizable by the silver head chain that has the insignia of her sisterhood and the long black braid that's falling over her shoulder. Okay. And finally, let's go to uh, Matt. Uh, yeah, I am playing uh, Michael, um, apothecary for the Ultramarines. Um, let's see. Uh, I think the day he was selected for to be part of the Death Watch, there was probably a sub variety of small celebration. As that's a, uh, it's a great honor to the Emperor, um, which I think the and also you know Ultramarines. Uh, and I imagine he's yeah, he was probably celebrated by his uh, by his squad since. And maybe the maybe some uh, maybe some of his fellow uh, battle brothers in the apothecarium uh, before he uh, left for the uh, what, what was the Death Watch? Uh, what was the Death Watch fortress again? Watch Station Arioch. Yeah, before he left for Watch Station Arioch. Then um, his armor is uh, a hodgepodge as Death Watch armor tends to be. Uh, he's got the uh, the. Ultramarine's shoulder, which is blue with like an upside down Omega, or I guess a stylized U, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> um, and then it's the traditional, uh, it's the traditional Death Watch black, except for a white uh, Diagnoster helmet. Um, he wears the, uh, on his right hand, he wears the Narthesium, which is his all in one uh, first aid. Uh, first aid and surgery device uh, equipped with chainsword for cutting through armor and on the bottom of it is the reductor pistol for his sacred duty of removing progenoid glands from his fallen battle brothers to create more space marines um, and I guess without the armor um, he has uh, his hair is cut very short um, honestly probably sh- uh, he's not bald but it's shaved uh, it's you know it's a, it's his head is actually shaved um Icy blue eyes, and uh, he's got uh, um, he's got a number of scars uh, as a tyrannical war veteran, uh, having served, uh, having been de- deployed first as a space marine in the Battle of McCrag. Uh, yeah, that was uh, where multiple different uh, what is it? Multiple different companies, I think, of the of the Ultramarines were wiped out by the Tyranids attack. Yeah, the standard chapter is composed of ten companies with a hundred people exactly. Yeah, and that was the battle that uh, that destroyed the first company, which is the Terminator Squad, if I remember correctly. And yep, the strongest de- veterans and, with the best and, equipment. Yeah, and devastated the third and seventh companies. Uh, so he 
yeah, he wasn't really great off either in that one. Uh, he bears many marks from that war <laughs> and probably some other wars, but mostly that war. <laughs> okay. Sorry uh, if that was he- uh, rambly. No, it's just fine. All right. Uh, as everyone is escorted to the chamber with a, a uh, probably a rolling chest full of any possessions that they have, very few, if any, most likely. Everyone's armor has already been repainted Death Watch black, with the exception of the right shoulder, which is uh, still painted in your original colors. It was a quick and job the, for mine. Yeah. <laughs> and the left shoulder, which is done in a... which I believe is redone by the Death Watch to include the Ordo Xenos Death Watch icons. Yeah. That pauldron, if you, if or when you return to your chapter, returns with you. What is the Ordo Xenos insignia? Uh, isn't it like a, isn't it a, a death's head with the, uh, or skull and crossbones with like the... With the inquisitorial eye. It's it's on the cover of the book. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yeah, it's an eye, a skull in the middle of the eye, um, three bars across the eye, and it looks like a... That's those the, aren't rent, that's those the aren't wrenches, eye, but, right? Yeah, the yes. letter eye. And I guess one of the actual eyes inside the skull is glowing. Yes. <laughs> Here, well, yeah, that's it's it's a survey skull. For for players' reference, I will link in the chat. Or a bail eye, maybe. For listeners' reference, yeah. just just look up Death Watch on your phone. They're using to listen <laughs> to this. All right. So look up the Death Watch symbol on your phone or tablet. Oh no! How do I look it up? I'm on my iPod Shuffle. <laughs> Please turn to recording twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at the moment everyone is in the conference room and is free to act as they like all right so it's just all of us here sitting around the conference table yeah if anyone would like to oh i forgot to mention i'm also wearing a uh, a red robe over the top of my armor that has the consecrator's flame on the back oh okay chapter trapping yeah that's cool it's your robe of is knowing it, spooky it... stuff so you look like a tech priest? More or less, yeah. Except bigger. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on the tech priest. <laughs> I, I also Some of them are very much as big as space <laughs> marines. Except less horrifying. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually not sure what space marines wear when they're not wearing armor, because I can only find either pictures of space marines in full armor or space marines naked. Fuck. I mean, I figure we're in our armor. <laughs> they, they, wear typically on, they wear clothes mana- of like 5X. It depends on the chapter. Yeah. I'd say the most common is probably monastic robes. Yeah. Or otherwise very simple clothes. Yeah, probably uh, probably just pure white garb then. Yeah. Each of you has received a uh, a cell, as they're called, on the uh, watch station. A cell consists of a stone-cut room with a stone slab to sleep on and a locker, essentially. Is That's this a sign we would be in armor or would we very specifically not? Of, I'll say you can all be in armor, in armor, and uh, presumably you would take off your helmets, but I uh, really can on. be in armor. I okay. definitely take mine off. I'm going to keep mine on. I am an ugly bastard under there. <laughs> I'll fight you for that title. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was in an accident where I lost every limb of my body. Oh, I wasn't I sure like if a, that was voluntary or not. I look no. vaguely demonic, so, you know. Oh, Ramsey's got his helmet off. He doesn't care. Yeah, Michael's I, I have Mike- to have my helmet off because Sisters of Battle are basically like walking promotional material. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Hyksus Worship is, the Emperor. We have pretty ladies. Hyksus is definitely just sitting at, uh, if they have denoted slabs in particular, he's definitely sitting at his. If not, he's just sitting on one of them, uh, carefully gazing around the room, picking up each of the people around him, just paying them kind of calm, long glances to analyze their face and armor before moving on to the next. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, what skills do you all bring to the table? <laughs> I suppose we can get right down to business. That's what you'd like. It's a good thing to know, isn't it? It would be. Well, we don't know what table we're bringing the skills to. Well, this, I mean, aside this, from this one in front of us, this marble yes. one, of course. <sighs> yes. Well, if you have not guessed it from the um, just kind of pats on the uh, <laughs> pats on the diagnoster helm, and then on the Arthesium, as the uh, as the course of battle rages, I sh- shall make it my full duty to make sure that you are all able to keep fighting on until your last breath. Ah, I see. One of your kinds saved my life not too long ago. It is our way, my brother. I mean, we never need you. Taiki sort of holds up her uh, dual hand flamers and says, crowd control. I see. Is that so? Well, that's interesting. Well, I myself, I bring uh, I bring honor and ritual to the machine spirits. I tend to bring honor in general, but uh, doctrine specifics are what you're looking for. Uh, mostly served as uh, in a tactical direction. I'm flexible. Very well. I have served in a number of roles. Forefront, for the most part. But I, as my specific, I'm a librarian. I see. Yeah, even among the chapters, librarians are rare. There's a good chance that that people have not had much interaction with them. They tend to be lore keepers and are rarely deployed to the battlefield. I have a great deal of respect for your kind. Mystery 6, understanding is the true path to comprehension. Comprehension is much. Mystery 7, comprehension is the key to all things. Out of character, what are these mysteries he's reading off? Is it something anyone else would know? Uh, or is it something you're not familiar band? with them. They are, they, they are the eight mysteries and eight warnings of the Adeptus Mechanicus. The the universal precepts gotcha. that they work under. Yeah, I'd say if you have any... It, probably if you have tech use, you're uh, acquainted with them. I don't think those would be the any of us conveniently have tech use if you're not a tech marine. Yeah, it's not a default. It depends how many tech priests you oh. know. Yeah, the mysteries are like rule one. That's what outsiders are allowed to know. I'm also surprised that the, that's actually a part of the Space Marine Oaths that's actually written down. Oh, this isn't a Space Marine thing. Okay, so this is, I guess it's used by more things, so that's why tech, it's there. Tech Marines uh, study under the Adeptus Mechanicus and learn their cult. Yeah, Tech Marines have dual loyalty to their chapter and to the Mechanicus, who control the mechanical works of the Imperium, essentially. That's, that's part of sure. why Tech Marines aren't allowed into the close inner circle of the Dark Angels because they have dual loyalties. Understood. I'm probably going to be asking a lot of questions because even after doing a lot of reading, I no, still it's, know there, basically there, nothing about this more. canon. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's Byzantine, sometimes on purpose. Sometimes literally uh, Byzantine. I have the GM sitting next to me and I still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Alright, so after probably 15 or 20 minutes of waiting... Three figures walk through the uh, door. The first, in black armor with the distinctive red markings of uh, the Blood Angels on their right shoulder, is well, uh, is a, a man who comes to the front and takes his helmet off, revealing a striking, well-chiseled face. Uh, ancient, as is common among the Blood Angels, but still lively. And he... Uh, he makes a motion of, uh, uh, 
I guess a slight motion of devotion to the Emperor and uh, sits down. Like a Nakola on his chest or something? Yeah. Yeah, the eagle on the chest, I guess. Is that like the butterfly thing? I can't remember. Yeah, it's like cross your hands and because it's got t- the eagle's got two heads, so your thumbs are those two heads, basically. Nice. Uh, so his helmet is uh, at his side. The second figure through the door is a woman in full space marine armor. Tall, you know, seven feet tall. Her uh, hair done in uh, elaborate blonde braids with a spider web tattoo down the right side of her face. She's got a uh, Weber and Bolter at her side. She, yes, uh, Weber is essentially a gum type weapon for that space marines can take. It's uh, used to immobilize enemies. That is, does what it says on the tin, I'm guessing. That is a peculiar yeah. choice. There is also a murder form of the Weber, to be fair, if you load it with razor yeah. web rounds. Yeah, although it's only a murder form, it's basically, if they sit there, they're fine. Yeah, but who's, other than the Psyker, who's going to be Compton when they sit there? Well, yeah, it's it's immobilizing, but it's not immediately lethal, unless you fight. Um, does uh, this woman have any symbols of office? Like, is she Inquisition? Uh, she has, she has... Her armor done in black, like uh, the rest of the Death Watch. Her right shoulder is a blank black slate. and uh, But she makes an aquila and says, uh, Greetings, I'm Sister Ariadna, watch, captain, watch captain. And shortly after her, another figure enters the room, standing under six feet tall in inquisitorial power armor. The m- mask of his uh, helmet is redone into a... Vicious sort of rictus grin from ear to ear with a sharp eye slot, eye slits at a sharp angle on his, uh, on each side of his belt, there's a power dagger and on his back is a grenade launcher. What's the, uh, what's their, like our standard for greeting COs that's stand up salute. And also what's the salute? Uh, probably the Aquila is fine. There are so many forms of address varying from chapter to chapter, that there probably isn't one in the Inquisition. The Inquisition, unlike most of the Imperium, is allowed to do things and think for themselves. <laughs> I guess that's why they're Inquisitors. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's basically them and rogue traders. <laughs> yeah, they're, they answer only to the High Lords of Terra and to the other members of the Inquisition, and they're basically empowered to do whatever they need to do, because otherwise the Empire would completely collapse under its inflexible bureaucracy. <laughs> right, sure. You need actual actors to deliver orders. And, yeah. uh, I say, uh, down the legs and side of his armor are patched, uh, bits of skin from Xenos of no immediate, uh, no immediate identification. And, uh, he walks up to the table and takes his, uh, helmet off, revealing a, uh, 35-year-old face, roughly, with an eye patch and deep claw mark scars down the same cheek. He's much shorter, but he seems to fill a much larger space than the physical space he occupies. While he has to physically look up, he doesn't appear to be any smaller than a space marine. All right, and welcome to Arioch. My name's Inquisitor Ulysses Wright, and you are now Death Watch Team Gamma. Gamma, noted, Sir Inquisitor. Gamma. It is an honor to serve, Inquisitor. Well, we'll see. Now, I should warn you all that when you join my unit, you take on a debit. 
100 Xenos hides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you deplorable piece of shit. <laughs> I will find you and I will find you. <laughs> 100 hides due to me. And if you vaporize that Xenos, you will kill me another because I want that hide. <laughs> I look down at my ceremonial knife. <laughs> but all right, here's the deal. You go where I ask you to, you do what I ask you to, and you complete your tour of service. And if you want, you go back to your chapter. Any questions? The requirement of size for the hide, sir. We'll see. Just make them as big as you can. Noted. When do we start? The frigate is leaving in six hours. So you got six hours to admire this lovely architecture. As he motions to the marble room. Get your things together and be ready to deploy. Captain Ariadne here is coming with us. She'll be quartermaster. You need equipment, you talk to her. Captain... Well, Commander Mortigale, you'll see him at Watch Station Arioc. He's a commander here. Out there, I'll expect you to use your best judgment. You do not work for this crusade. You work for the Imperium. They don't have authority over you, and you don't have authority over them. So you're going to be on your own. Whatever help you can negotiate, so much the better for you. But there's only one group you can count on, and that's each other. If we don't have any more questions... Then I will see you on the frigate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Understood. Sir. Always, Commander. Alright, squadron dismissed. And uh, they they hang around the conference room if anyone wants to talk to them, but otherwise everyone is free to take what uh, what counts as R&R for a space marine and uh, in a Spartan area like this, and then proceed out. Spartans, that's an entirely different power armor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever counts for R and R, it's just I hang, up, space I, I hang upside down from the hang upside down from the door and see how many times I can disassemble my bolter and reassemble it before my nose starts to bleed. <laughs> you have to do no. it while doing uh, <laughs> pull ups with your legs. That it won't bleed, son. Welcome to the Laramans organ. <laughs> <laughs> and reciting I got me. an organ for that too. I love bonus organs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ramsey spent whatever free time he's got uh, hacking apart. Training servitors. I'm gonna put them back together. <laughs> They're for training. What are you supposed to do with them? What, what, am, that's what, what am I supposed to do with them? That's training for me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not mad. You see, brothers, you have you you. No, this is good. This is synergy. One of you trains the other into perpetuity. <laughs> Warning seven. Flesh is fallible, but ritual honors the machine spirits. Uh, see. This keeps going the way it is. I'm going to have to quote from the Codex Extartes every time you quote one of the uh, mysteries. I invite you to. <laughs> Let's see something apt. Uh, are we on like a planet or a... Uh, you were on a space station. The space station is uh, in the middle of hostile territory, but the location is, un is at least so far undiscovered by the enemies of the Imperium. Yeah, some of the fortress monasteries are just spaceships. Yeah, uh, Station Arioc is a is an ancient ancient space space station. The Death Watch have been the Jericho Reach for thousands of years, but they were cut off for a long time. So, um, is is like the nearest star giving off any kind of like solar energy that the station can intercept? Is there any sunlight at all? I'm not actually sure if it is near a sun at all. 
If it's got an orbit, probably. I mean... Or if it's an open space. It's sort of hard to make a reliably locatable space station in open space. Yeah, presumably it's around a... Maybe that's how uh, it stayed hidden for so long. (laughs) It's just drifting out into the nether. Uh, so two things. Uh, firstly, I guess I didn't mention it earlier, cause, and it's a hard thing to specifically replicate, but I'll be doing my best in archaic language, but, uh, Hicks talks pretty much entirely in, uh, high gothic. I think, isn't that the standard for all of us? Uh, low gothic is usually more common, unless you're doing something formal. Okay, it's, it's a, the book made it sound like all space marines pretty much spoke exclusively in high gothic, because low gothic was the bastard language. It is the bastard language, but we're also soldiers. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that's fair. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's a chapter thing. Well, like, uh, especially since I've been on crusade, like dealing with imperial guard and stuff. Like, I probably don't mind speaking low gothic, but I think high gothic is our like that's the language we use in official capacity. Basically, fair enough. I'm just letting it be known that unless I specifically voice otherwise, Hicksis will always be talking in high gothic. But, but yeah, your ass swears in high gothic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the sort of thing. Um, right. Yeah. Z- Zafiel is actually re- a recovering high gothic speaker, considering he used to be a member of, like, the the ancient lore keepers of the of the Adeptus Astartes. Yeah, no, Michael uh, is clean cut by the book, and the book is written in high gothic. <laughs> I'd say Taiki can pretty comfortably switch between the two, since she's kind of the face of the Imperial cult. So she has to basically talk to non-soldier people. Yeah, that's How fair. horrible. Um, the second thing I was going to say, though, is uh, while watching this uh, training activity, uh, particularly taking good time to watch, um, I, alas, oh, I forgot his name, the uh, Storm Warden among us. Ramsey. I mentioned that very specifically because while watching him, uh, I am going to uh, roll to Augury to predict his future. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, you know, you're to tell me that no one of woman born is gonna kill me and shit. It's gonna be great. What do you wish to use resistance psychic powers? <laughs> I mean, technically, no space marine is of woman born. <laughs> okay, so we've got Michael, no, Ramsey, no, Hexus, no, Zafiel, every space marine's of woman born, and Taiki. Mm-hmm. So. An important question, is this an assumed as soon as you pass it, you get one degree of success, or is this a zero degree of success and then pass there? Um, uh, Death Watch is one of the um, the Old ones. zero successes. Alright, so uh, I got six degrees of success. Oh boy. Uh, which <laughs> oh, gives, boy. Uh, I determine the most dangerous opposition that the subject will face, and also uh, I can determine other negative forces that may be present up to three. Uh, in what in what scale? That's up to you. <laughs> it, it's, it's augury. It's whatever scale you want. <laughs> augury is just like bullshit fortune telling. <laughs> That's actually somewhat true. I get killed by a sloth a thousand years from now, and maybe he'll know that. You know, <laughs> it's it's assuming that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it generally assumes it's going to be something probably soon-ish, but on the other hand, like who the fuck knows? Is the warp? He will die from a sloth a thousand years in the future. He's already <laughs> on his way. <laughs> Oh, by the way, here you go. This is what's happening to you. It does mention their librarians as an area that many of them know how they're going to die already. <laughs> oh, okay. Some of them, some uh, of them knew that they're going to die during the Death Watch, but go anyway because it's an honor. What is this big fish? Uh, I'll, I'll assume that it's you get kind of like vague images, and I'll say that you uh, 
you get the impression of a great green lizard rampaging through uh, open space. You also get the impression of a huddled mass of people. And you get the impression of massive uh, rail bolts flying through the sky. Okay. Uh, yeah, he takes these down mentally. Um, but otherwise, is just kind of standing at the edge of a doorway watching the training happen. Uh, still enough to the point that it looks almost like he's not breathing. And also, I guess, with the permission of his battle... With the, with the permission of his battle brothers and uh, battle sister, I guess. Um, Michael's going around with the diagnoster helm and getting, you know, vitals, checking for corruption, that kind of stuff. Figuring out what baseline is here. Be careful with that. My arms and legs aren't exactly uh, factory standard. Yes, I can see that, brother. You've been through many tribulations. Yes, but... you served our emperor well. Flesh is fallible. I rather like my new my new tools. Very well then. I think you may be in your own hands with regards to some of these, uh, regards to some things that may come up. I'll still need your help with, uh, anything to the main body. Of course, my brother. Does anyone want to race? <laughs> <laughs> what? I think I'm the fastest one here. He has sprint. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, can I use my jump pack? <laughs> I think I'm still faster than you. Uh, jump packs give you, like, flyer ten. What does that mean? That you have ten agility for the purposes of movement through the air. Yeah. Hold on. What? What's? The, what's the times X bonus? You don't have agility that's, times two. Wor- yeah, worth noting that that's before multiplying. <laughs> Are you talking? Yeah. So, yeah. When, when I'm saying, what's the actually, multiplier for running? Uh, it's times three. Or, or is it sprinting times, is times six. In that case, I'm as, I'm as fast as her. I, I also have Wait. a thing that lets me add twenty movement to my jetpack. Okay, yeah, never mind. She can charge even farther. <laughs> Just turn on your jetpack in this tiny conference room. <laughs> God, these people are so extra. I, I will talk to the uh, the quartermaster. Okay. Um, Mello, do we, do we have any requisition available for the mission ahead? We do not have a mission yet. There are great stores of equipment that we'll be taking with us, at least enough for our kill teams to outfit with most common items. Very well, but we do not do, we do not have access now. Uh, not yet, no. Although, if you are if you expect to need something strange, I can try to make arrangements and guarantee it's available. Nothing so special as that. Uh, I don't have a combat tool to my name, but I'll ask you for that later. That won't be a problem. Thank you. So, question: uh, In these cells of ours, are there windows? No. Okay. They are featureless slabs of uh, marble as well. If you hate it so much, go into suspended animation. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) And is there sunlight here? Uh, There is a sun, and there there are probably a few viewing rooms, although the station itself is massive, you know, kilometers long and extremely deep and convoluted within, so there are very few outward-facing viewports or windows, but you can find a lounge of sorts available on one of the outermost areas. Can I open the solar shielding like that guy from Sunshine? (laughs) Yes. Is there any sort of uh, either data center or library here on this uh, space station? Yeah, you have. There is an extremely extremely uh, in-depth and uh, 
large data center here. Yeah, after lingering some time for the uh, augury, Hixus will definitely make his way there. Um, and then just kind of almost mechanically go about viewing uh, history that he's missed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'd say you, there are a lot of rank and uh, essentially um, clearance levels. I'm blanking on the term. Security clearances. But you can get basic information all over the place, and that's all publicly available. You are able to sit in a small cubicle and study to your heart's content. Yeah, he just does so. Uh, not much pause to it at any point in time, just scanning line by line, hungry for more. Okay. Uh, most... Are you looking for anything in particular? No, he's just trying to catch up on both time and then just take in more knowledge, really. The mixture of the two. Okay. Uh, in this part, most of the information is pertinent to the Jericho Reach. You know, then there's a fair amount of information about the Calixis sector on the other side of the Wharf Gate. And then beyond that, information tends to be rumors and uh, much more unreliable. But you do get at least the broad strokes, mostly uh, what crusades have been won or lost and what worlds are still known to be Imperial and things like that. Sure. Um, he'll look over a couple of one. Uh, he'll look for a couple in particular, nothing that you really need to worry about, just places where he had done uh, previous missions when actually being awoken from sleep. Okay. Just see how they're doing more over than anything else. You don't see news. Grit his teeth at a couple. <laughs> yeah. I say you don't see news on most of those, but that is a good sign. <laughs> Fair enough. Generally speaking, the goal of your chapter has been to prevent notable things from happening, not to make notable things happen. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'll probably end up in there at some point. Uh, Taiki's going to go to one of the solar lounges, and she's going to take out her tiny tree. And let it soak up some natural sunlight for the last time for who knows how long. And she's going to write a letter to her sisters, which she may or may not send. Okay. Uh, I'll say that uh, Zaphiel uh, enters the librarium after maybe an hour or two. Uh, and you can see Hyksis, uh in a cubicle at the end of the room uh, studying away. Ah, greetings, battle brother. Enriching yourself? Uncovering mysteries. Mysteries, you say? They might not be as such to you. Is there anything I can help with? Not specifically. There is a long period of time. I have been busy, so to say, with my chapter's information. For how long? Now I am attempting. In this instance, uh, a few centuries, perhaps. Oh dear, that is a while. Yes, it would seem so at this time. Hmm. As it were, I am availing myself on what news is there is to find. If you like, I can find you a few of the more common histories that have come up of late. I'm sure you know some of the names, but I'm sure a lot of the names are outdated. Perhaps. I thank thee for that help. Yes, indeed. After all, as I said, understanding is the true path to comprehension. <laughs> of course, as we have come to know, intellect is the understanding of knowledge. Indeed. And the knowledge of the ancients stands beyond question. Warning 5. He nods once again. He's going to start, like, pulling books out of the shelves, hooking up his MIU interface to the uh, library data centers to know where to go. Yeah, he just calmly watches, occasionally looks back down to the book. Well, not book, but, like, data slate he was going through. Probably ends up with a stack that is rather too large and slams it down on the desk. 
Now that I think I'm about it, Space Marine fingers are probably not great for turning pages. <laughs> That's why we don't have real books for the most part. <laughs> Fine, I give you a stack of data slates. <laughs> I upload this with all the things you need, you know, history of events, Tinder, you know. You gotta get back out there, man. <laughs> man, I actually gotta read this. I can't just step into the flashlight box and have it hypno-indoctrinated into me. Is this? Are you sure this is worth knowing? <laughs> Remember, I'm also a librarian. Yes. If nothing else, since you've been gone, we've learned a great deal about the Xenos threats. And I shall make sure to take down as much of that as possible. Yes. It seems directly relevant to us now. Yes. Tyranids, Necrons, Orcs, Grumbles. The Orcs are still so broadly about, of course they would be. Yes, you can't get rid of them. They're an epidemic scourging this galaxy. I've seen my fair share. I wish I could say the same. You have a chance to do great good now. Indeed. If you wish, thank I'll... you for your help, brother. Yes, I will leave oh. you to your studies. Yes. I shall re-meet with you when time comes for us to depart. When the time comes, battle brother. I stomp out of the room. I'm not mad or anything, just it's the nature of things. <laughs> it's just that I have big-ass clomping boots. <laughs> There's no way to not stomp. Alright, so uh, if nobody else has any scenes in mind, we'll fast forward to the ship. Uh, sure. Okay, uh, the tech priests do their ceremonial incense burning and uh, spraying of uh, holy ointments on the ship as it takes off. That is a comforting smell. By that point, you're probably sealed inside the ship, but in general, you're probably doing the rituals as you go in. You can imagine. The, uh, you set out on the uh, light cruiser to uh, Spite, which is the uh, maybe the single most fortified world of the Iron Collar. It was the first world to be conquered as part of the Crusade, and it's now the center of operations for the Canis salient advancing against the Tau. So the ship uh, drops into the warp, traveling across the stars, and as uh, as you're expecting a seven-day journey, after six days, the ship uh, emerges from the warp, and you're uh, called to uh, you're called to meet with the Inquisitor. Oh, geez, he's a pretty intense guy. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Yeah, I'm there. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's, the, what's the conference room on the ship like? Conference room on the ship is a much more conference room sort of thing. Uh, a lot of... There's probably on, on one side of the table are slabs to allow people in power armor to sit down. On the other side are chairs. There are a few uh, servitors working in the uh, outside... And a few attendants with uh, refreshments and that sort of thing for anybody who desires them. Are we currently in power armor? Uh, you are not currently in power armor unless you choose to be. I choose to be. Yeah, we've we've been on this we've been on a six day journey, so it's probably always power armor. Like you've had time to service your armor and stuff like that, so it is ready when you want it, but you don't have to be in it yet. I am not wearing mine. So not to yeah. beleaguer the point, but my power armor is really, really good. It's no, we know, and also you're also you don't have to worry about your joints getting stiff. Yeah, I I think it cleans the sweat out. That seems like <laughs> something Mastercrafted power armor would do. For the parts that still sweat, well, it probably recycles it for nutrient capacity. Oh or right, whatever. everyone's got nutrient recyclers. Yeah, yeah. Ramsey, no, nah, he's not in armor. That's for battle. He's not battling right now. Mm-hmm. So he's probably got some kind of just. I mean, probably fairly standard like everyone else, uh, though maybe like leather instead of cloth, but just a tunic and pants kind of thing. Uh, Tyke's in an undyed habit of a light sort of natural material. 
The power armor is probably back in her quarters or cabin or whatever with like a little shrine around it. Yeah, in, her, in the cell on the uh, on an armor rack surrounded by candles and incense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a servo Gotta keep it appeased. A servo skull is constantly around it, bowing. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, cyber cherubs or cyber seraphims fly around it. Uh, I'm a seraphim. I, I think these are just called cherubim. The cyber is when you put in like ravens and stuff. Okay, then yeah, the, the cherubim, the freaky robot babies, angel things. All right, uh, as you enter, uh, Ulysses is at the head of the table, and he motions for everybody to have a seat. I know we haven't had long, but this is time for your first mission. And he, he hits a button, and the view screen at the end of the room opens. I was really expecting you to say, I know we haven't had long, but I need my hundred scalps. <laughs> <laughs> but I truly love each and every one of you. <laughs> I love you like my own children. I sent them to die, too. <laughs> um, so as, as soon as he said this, Ramsey begins taking notes, I guess probably on a data slate. Okay. Nice. Out the window, you can see a planet. Of The planet is essentially entirely brown and blue, alternately. You can see ocean and you can see land, but all of it remains brown. And everybody roll a awareness at a plus zero. Okay. So you'll get plus ten for your heightened senses and plus another ten if you're wearing your helmet. Uh, I guess zero degrees of success. Three degrees of success. Uh, two degrees of failure. Uh, two de- two degrees success. Two degrees of failure. Okay, everyone who succeeds, as you watch, you can see a mountain range grow out of the edge of the planet. When you right say grow, do you eyes. mean just, like, actively emerging out of the ground as opposed to just coming to perspective? Like, is, it, is, there, yes. is there one getting bigger, or is it new? Where there was not a mountain range, a mountain range is emerging from the ground in front of your eyes. Wait a minute. Peculiar geology. Mutable terrain? That's realist. It's part of the quarantine zone on the edge of the Iron Collar. And yeah, it changes daily, sometimes by the minute. And uh, as you watch, you can see the tallest mountain suddenly collapses into a massive pit hole. How does, uh, how does one fight on that? How does one live on that? Well, the short answer is you don't. See the ocean there? That's where the people live. Massive cities. Floating, all of them. They use ancient mining technology to pick up ore whenever it's brought to the surface. In fact, from what I understand, there's only one piece of solid land on the entire planet. At the very north pole, there's one single slab, the Granite Tower, and that's the only permanent settlement on the place. What forces cause it to behave like this? He shrugs. I imagine if there were maybe Mechanicus studying it, they could tell you. But there aren't. In fact, there's nothing down there. Not Imperium, anyway. Commander Ebengrave ordered it sealed five years ago. No Imperium left. Which is where you come in. As of three days ago, a signal has been broadcast. Now, it's some sort of invitation to join in a rebellion. And we're the only forces close to it. Just about. Reinforcements are on the way, but... It'll take more than a week for them to get in. Uh, when you mentioned the planet was sealed, uh, 
you say no one's down there, uh, you mean no one loyal? Or ostensibly no one at all? No loyalists. They number in the millions, the inhabitants, but... As I understand it, there was a decent trade in ore until Ebengrave shut down the planet and blockaded it. And as, as you look, you can see of rather a relatively small fleet of navy patrolling around the planet. The objective's simple enough. Stop that rebellion. Whatever they're doing, they need to stop doing it. Now, the good news is, is that you don't have to go alone. Three Space Marine chapters have already responded. Which of our brothers are they? Well, as I understand it, the Ultramarines, the Storm Wardens, and the Salamanders all have a force there. An established force? No, recently arrived. But they broke the blockade before us. Okay. And a, a servo skull comes up to his ear and uh, says something in Ulysses' ear. And he, uh, he looks and nods and presses a few buttons on the table in front of him. And a view screen on the wall uh, turns on. On the uh, on the screen, you can see the distinctive face of a salamander. The skin of the man, obsidian black, and his eyes a deep and almost burning red. Signatures of the mutated gene seed of the salamanders, and he uh, he makes an aquila in a salute. Welcome, I am. Captain Tobias of the Salamander's Third Company. I would like to formally request that the kill team come and join us in our meeting aboard the Promethean's Flame, our vessel. And uh, he seems to be addressing the kill team directly, not uh, Ulysses. Uh, well met, brother. Uh, you're in currently in orbit around the planet as well? Yes, we are. We made landfall yesterday, but we had to withdraw. The strike that we prepared, it turned out that there were no rebellion forces there. They were simply making a show of force before they disappeared before we arrived. Well, if you have intelligence on the rebellion or on Relas, I do believe a meeting would be in order. Yes, uh, you're welcome. Over. We'll send a Thunderhawk for you. And he uh, salutes again, and the uh, communication's cut out. And, well, we have an invitation. I have business on spite, so I'm gonna head. I'm gonna go on ahead. I've already radioed with the Navy. They can spare a ship to travel and transport you when you're done. So, fix this planet. Go see the captain for your equipment. So, wide-scale suppression of hostile enemy forces. The order of the day, sir. Use your best judgment. Ideally, this world would come back under imperial control, and soon, but at the very least, it cannot afford to fall to chaos. Are there civilians, sir? Civilians in the millions, I assume. I don't have much direct intelligence. Requiring a thorough examination of the populace's possible sociological profile. Uh, they may all rise up in the streets against us, or it may be a few men at the top misleading the masses. Uh, that is something for us to find out. Any questions for me? No, some of the Tau worlds were like this. Uh, we are on the edge of the Tau influence area. We are Ordo Xenos, yes? Yes, we are. May I ask why this is not more of an Ordo Hereticus problem? Uh, as near as we can tell, they're inviting people to join their great alien masters. Hmm. That sounds like the Blue Menace to me, or something very much like it. 
Either way, something to be greatly concerned about. And decidedly under our purview. So it gives you the closest thing a space marine has to a snippy look after that question. <laughs> it's just a death grimace. I look back with my space marine helmet face. No, I just figure space marines are kind of just low affect. <laughs> this is my helmet face. It means I'm aroused. <laughs> Show me your war face. This is my war face. I wear it on top of my normal face. All right. Any more questions? Not this time, sir. You told us to solve it our own way. And uh, we'll be equipping before our rendezvous with the salamanders. Yes, you will. Okay. Then we should plan for just about everything. Fortunately, the Codex Astartes is somewhat deficient when it comes to aquatic warfare. There are useful passages here and there, though. Alright. With that, Ulysses calls the meeting to a close and heads out. The party now has 50 requisition per person. Ooh. Oh, wow. That's not a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Your formal objectives right now, primary objective is to end the Xenos Rebellion. Secondary objective is to uh, aid the uh, Space Marines. Sorry, what was that? Your primary objective at the moment is to end the Xenos Rebellion. Your secondary objective is to uh, provide aid to the Space Marine chapters. Okay. Okay. Everybody got their stuff? Mm-hmm. All right. The, uh, the Thunderhawk arrives shortly for you. I wrote the stats for my heavy bolter on a small drawing of Jim Rayner's face I keep around. Listeners, if you want to listen to all the stuff we just requested, go check out Side Chatter. <laughs> oh, you're saying that <laughs> wasn't is engaging going to be, enough? Which is going to be 35 minutes for every single episode of this. <laughs> numbers, numbers, numbers. It'll get faster. <laughs> yeah. All right. The, the Thunderhawk picks you up, and as you uh, fly over, anybody can give me a... Anybody have tactics? Uh, Air tactics combat? void combat? Damn it. <laughs> no, no one does. <laughs> nope. Uh, a good and you could you could do air combat at uh plus zero. I'd also like to point out that uh, Zafiel has kind of a moment of pause before he gets on the uh, Thunderhawk. Uh, one degree of success. One degree of success. Okay, as you are flying in, you notice that the there are three ships: the uh, Promethean's Flame, the Righteous Cause, and the Banshee's Wail. And they are not flying in a combat formation. They are flying in a hostile formation. Oh, Basically, no. they all they have their guns trained on each other rather than outward. These are all the chapters that yeah, landed on the planet. Yeah, one is a salamander ship. I was about to ask if we could intuit that. Kill, One's kill. an ultramarine ship, and the other is a storm warden ship. I'm guessing Banshee's whale is a storm warden ship. <laughs> yep. Kill, kill team, we have a problem. <laughs> what is it? The, the, the three chapters, they've got their weapons trained on each other. Looks over, recognizes, you know, the blue paint of one of them. Oh, we'd better hope we can defuse this. This is hardly the time for squabbling. If they were going Agreed. to fight, they would have already. This is a disagreement, not a combat. Mm. The two are closer than you'd think sometimes. But no, no, she's right, this is no time for this. The salamander's color wouldn't happen to be green, is it? The salamander color is green. All right. As you, uh, as you, the Thunderhawk returns you to the hangar of the uh, Promethean's Flame, and when you arrive, you're met by uh, Captain Tobias and his honor guard, and he uh, greets you warmly, uh, you know, offering to shake everybody's hand and welcoming you aboard formally. Is he also wearing? Uh, is he also wearing a power suit? Uh, yes, he is. Though he's not wearing his helmet. Sure. Yeah. 
Okay, I was just wondering if it's coming to shake everybody's hands. Oh, 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 oh yeah, it just does a thing. Unless I very specifically put it on, I'm never wearing my helmet. Okay. Um. Same. <laughs> Basically, we're the inverse of you. Yeah, anytime I'm not in combat, I'm likely not wearing it. Oh. Just to show met- off the chapter thing. Right, right. Oh, my brother captain, uh, there seems to be something of a standoff out there. Am I right about that? Well, uh, Captain Roman of the Ultramarines and Captain Alistair Maxell are in my war room at the moment. We're discussing how to proceed, but the landing yesterday did not go well. What happened? It was confused, to say the least, and... At one point, one of my whirlwinds almost dropped a miss- a salvo of missiles on the Storm Warden's flanking unit. And even worse, by the time we got there, the rebels had withdrawn and there was no one but hapless civilians around. They are displeased. <laughs> uh, let, let me show you to the war room. Uh, of course. And it, it, before it becomes an issue, if it becomes one, need not worry about conflict of interest here. I'm working, I'm given over to the Death Watch. Blacked in accordance with my mission. Thank you. I would never question your loyalties. We are all servants of the Emperor, but of course. thank you for your reassurance. Yes, similarly. Right. Uh, do do I do I know uh was it Max Seal? Uh you've got lore of your chapter, right? I, I actually I don't think we get that. I think Maybe they we, don't. Um, there might not really be a lore, but uh, you can. It's listed somewhere on my on my character sheet, but the character sheet was shown to be sort of. Yeah, no, I just have Adeptus Astartes in general. I, I okay. have my own chapter room. Uh, I've got yeah, I've I've got it listed for Adeptus Astartes, uh, Death Watch Imperium. Oh, I've got it Imperium War. <laughs> oh yeah, Common Lore War. Uh, anybody can roll for any of the captains at minus 10 if it's not your chapter and plus 20 if it is uh, it's not gonna be my chapter Intelligence I'm just, I'm just gonna suggest that I, I don't have adeptus Astartes. I'm just gonna suggest that based on my current uh, knowledge yeah, of the world around me I probably don't pass this what, what although are the, you uh, are more likely assuming that you focus your reach on the crusade and the Jericho reach you'd be more likely to know about them but where are the three chapters again? <laughs> that's fair I guess I'll make it. But uh, salamanders, uh, ultramarines, and storm wardens. Yeah, uh, I got two degrees of success because of the plus twenty. Okay. Yeah, I got three three degrees on the storm wardens and failed the other two. Um, okay. Let me see. Yeah. Uh, Do you want I actually me to roll made. For each? Uh, let's see. I actually made the storm wardens one, and I fucking I three three degrees of success on the uh, on the salamander commander apparently. Okay, uh, I'll assume everybody's sharing the information they get. Yep, I got two degrees on everyone but the Ultramarines, one on yeah, the Ultramarine. Unless there's something particularly embarrassing about the Storm Warden, you'll share it. Would Forbidden Lord Astartes help? I actually did godly <laughs> on all of them, so... <laughs> okay. Um, the, uh, something, the most notable thing is that uh, Captain Tobias is was not the third company captain... In the most recent reports you've seen, it was a Captain uh, Marcus. So something must have changed. He Which is so Tobias new that you. I need to write this he down. Is, he's the Salamander's captain. Okay. What we just talked to here. Gotcha. Captain Roman is a 600 year veteran. It's rumored that he's more machine than man now. 
from the cybernetic replacements that he's had. He's been the eight, the commander of the eighth company of ultra or the captain of the eighth company for nearly 420 years. And what's the guy's name again? Uh, Roman. And then Alexander, or not Alexander, Alistair Maxell has been a captain of the fifth company of storm wardens for about a hundred years. He's known for extremely aggressive tactics and, typically successful aggressive tactics so depending on how long you've been operating in the area there's a chance that uh ramsey may have uh not served under him but beside him at some point right okay so yeah as you're you're escorted into the war room war room and uh immediately captain roman and captain alistair are on their feet uh saluting and they come over and uh (coughs) greet you especially warmly and lingering on the members of their respective chapter of course mm-hmm. of course and you can see up on the board behind them a uh, an accounting of forces uh listed under the salamanders ultramarines and storm warden headings uh the salamanders are listed as having uh six squads of five marines four razorbacks two whirlwinds one land raider and uh various heavy and special weapons the ultramarines are listed as having uh four squads of five marines with heavy weapons and two venerable dreadnoughts and uh the storm wardens are listed as having uh you see where 25 marines is scratched out and 24 is listed oh no and that's it just the like six squads or yeah they are they don't have any uh further equipment listed as assets on the board Venerable Dreadnoughts, huh? Yeah, there are two two Venerable Dreadnoughts listed as included in the Ultramarines forces, although they are not present at the meeting. My, my. Yeah, I have a feeling they wouldn't fit in the conference room. <laughs> uh, Tobias uh, goes to the front of the table and says, uh, Welcome to the war room. We're here to decide how to proceed. You see, on one side of the table, Roman... He seems uh, completely stone-faced, a mechanical uh, plate over half of his head. His expression doesn't seem to change. Mm-hmm. On the other side, uh, Alistair Maxell seems uh, almost aggressively impatient, and uh, he's definitely got something on his mind that he is uh, trying to keep down. So, this, uh, and Tobias says, uh, I'd like to now call this meeting to order. Immediately, Alistair uh, stands up and says, There's only one thing for it. We strike hard and fast. We take out the head of the serpent, and then we can take out the rest at our leisure. Roman uh, sighs slightly and says, You'd be foolish to rush in. We should do this by the Codex. Establish a beachhead, learn, probe for weaknesses, and advance where they are weak. And Tobias, uh, he looks at them both and says, there's no reason we can't do both. We can strike with some forces at each, and then we can also try to rally the native citizens. There surely must be some Imperial loyalists remaining. If we can evacuate or protect the civilians, then the local forces may help us put down these rebellions. I, I suppose he'll like. Are are we consulted at all? Like, what's the sort of the the setup here? Like, it, it's open. You are all 
equal guess, members yeah, at this be, point. We're not beholden to them, so we can just in- inject our to own To where would right? we be striking? Yeah. What is this concept of attacking somewhere? We have heard nothing about this yet. He, uh, there's a map on the table, and uh, who do you who are you addressing? The room at large. I'll say Alistair responds uh, first, and he uh, he motions. This city, uh, we believe it's called Hellsmark, is transmitting the rebel signal. It must be the location of the rebellion leadership. Or at least an important stronghold. Uh, Roman points to a different point on the map, though. He says, there is the Granite Spire. It was the seat of government of Realis before the Imperial Crusade took the last leadership away when the quarantine happened. It's the only immovable spot on the planet and likely to have more information. Speaking of establishing a beachhead, uh, is this this uh, granite spire, this area, um, does it allow us uh, purchase on Hellsmark? According to old records, there were more than a million people living in the outer slab area of the spire. There is ample room for landing. But Hellsmark is one of the floating cities. Yes, Hellsmark is one of the mobile mining cities. Let's see. And we would have heard this during the briefing, but are they floating cities like on the waves or on the air? On the waves. Uh, Tobias points at a third spot on the map. This is what was dubbed the Hive Cluster. It appears that seven of the cities have moored to each other and created one massive floating city. It has to be the greatest concentration of people on the planet. Have your uh, Did your initial foray uncover attitude of the populace we landed in Hellsmark, and uh you notice alistair seems uh directly annoyed yes by what intelligence do we find Hellsmark to be a place of importance Hellsmark is the source of the signal that is attracting or at least broadcasting of the welcoming of the alien masters we landed on Hellsmark, but we found no rebel forces there, and we withdrew when the area was quiet for a long time. From what we can tell, the people of the planet are very upset at the Imperial actions. Until a brief time ago, the cities gathered ore, transported it to the Spire, and then sold it to the Sector at large. Since the blockade, nothing has traveled in or out. Are they aware of the transmission? Uh, It's impossible to say. We do not yet know. We have not found any of the rebellion or rebellious people. It seems unlikely that they are not at least aware, though. Were you unable to trace the heretic signal? We traced the signal, but after the wounding of one of the storm wardens, we withdrew. May I, to may I look prepare. at the data you've collected? Yes. I'll see if I can try to isolate it to a smaller location. Alistair uh, looks at him and says, There was no plan before we went down. My people were doing what we do best, and your missiles struck us. Were there casualties? One man wounded... He is still under the care of the apothecaries. Is he expected to pull through? He will survive, but he will not be able to participate. So casually, nonetheless. Uh, 
<laughs> dare I ask, uh, where the the uh, issue of this uh, troubled landing began? Surely, uh, if all of you were on the planet at the same time, engaged in some manner of communication regarding each other's plans, or at least uh, the broad strokes thereof? Tobias uh, says, well, I tried to organize the strike, but things got confused. And Roman looks looks at him and says, you tried to organize by the Codex, but you did not account for the mixed chains of command. Well, such things must be accounted for. Nevertheless, <laughs> speak of the Codex, and as the Codex says, gather your wits as the Traveler gauges the depth of the river crossing the Fallen Branch before wading into waters wary. We need information, because what we have right now are three different plans. Uh, the efficacy of any of them suspect. Not due to failure or flaw, but due to lack of information. We don't know the attitude of the people. We don't know uh, the direct location of the signal. Uh, if we were to establish a beachhead, are we able to conveniently attack these floating cities from such a beachhead? These are things we need to figure out. Many questions to be answered. However, I feel that I feel your first question could be answered by Brother Zaphael in due time. Yes, I will commit myself to what intelligence gathering I can from here. Well, you you can uh, look at what they've had. Uh, you can roll knowledge. Ed, you're unlikely to have most of them, so you can just roll intelligence to analyze the data. Is there Against a zero. knowledge skill? There, there are like... quite a few knowledge skills. I don't even have knowledge you know, on this you, character you, sheet. You, you're talking about lores? Yeah, they're lores. Lore. Ah, okay. Uh, two degrees of success. Okay. Uh, the first thing you notice is that the signal just says, uh, you know, to to all uh, members of the Imperium, the great alien masters are ready to uh, receive you and take care of you. There is nothing specifically identifying the Tau. But it appears to be the assumption of all the reports. Would it be a forbidden Lord Xenos to understand, you know, the what comes from this message? Like what? Like who? Who would talk like this? Or is that too specific? It's uh, the message just repeats at that length, and at that length, there isn't that much sure. to draw from it. Sure. Do, you, do you have any corroborating reports that uh, this is related to the Tau? At the moment, we don't know what to expect. You simply have a a signal of unknown provenance coming from a, a single great spire, but no yes. no no personnel related to it. What? Yes, we do. What is there to attack? The you you can tell that the the bridge of the Hellsmark is what is broadcasting the signal. But it's Hellsmark. A, a Hellsmark is a city, right? It's a it's a city ship essentially. Okay. Okay. So, so there is a the bridge. command bridge. So the plan is to conduct an assault on the bridge of the Hellsmark? Alistair uh, nods in approval. Yes, we strike at the bridge and take control. And what intel do you have about it? We have very little. But every, mo- every moment we delay, <laughs> the enemy gets stronger. <laughs> Can I use my orbital surveillance to get some intel? Uh, sure. All right. <laughs> Bring in the orbitman. <laughs> this is why I, this is why I ordered this. I also don't know if this is for the mission or if this is for one use of it. I and mean, it's an orbital network. 
I feel like it's for the mission, right? All right. We looked at the uh, thing. Yeah, We're going home. <laughs> that's a all right. One degree of success, so we get one useful piece of information about the Hell's Mark, I guess. However, however much distance you feel like this uh, like orbital surveillance satellite would would capture in this floating city, according to the estimates, there are probably about a hundred thousand people on the Hell's Mark. <laughs> but it was likely built for three hundred thousand. Much of it is not uh, in use anymore. Sure, it's very it's very vacant. Um, I guess try and mark out uh, obviously abandoned structures and that kind of stuff. I guess yeah, we know the signal's see- coming. I guess we know the signal's coming from the helm, but there's a lot of places for rebels to hide out. Let's say. Yeah, you can see the bridge is at the currently northernmost point of the city. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll throw that onto uh, whatever our battle map is. Some kind of hollow display or something. Excellent work, Brother Michael. Okay, um, I, what I am suggesting is this. Uh, we are, as you are, uh, mission-bound to to see this planet uh, return to the Imperium in one way or the other. Uh, what we have, small and varied force, and if my fellow brothers of the Watch will abide it, I say we be the branch dipped into water. Uh, we... <sighs> Fix the missing pieces of all these varied plans to see which one will be the most advantageous, as I'm sure we'll be able to sort out when we know more. But knowing is what we need to do right now. Alistair uh, shakes his head. No, we need to strike. They already know that we're here, thanks to that bungled landing yesterday. Giving them more time to repair will only dig them farther in. May I ask you your, uh, your history of warfare? I am a veteran of 89 successful assaults. On soldiers, typically? Typically on soldiers. Some Tau. Demons on occasion. Has it ever been against a rebellious force hiding in the shadows? Yes, we have also assaulted there. And was that assault without civilian casualty? It was not. Nothing egregious. But there are always casualties in war. What I'm saying is, if you go in there and storm the bridge, it would be rather effortless for there to be no one there at all, but rather a room full of demolition charges, say. We'll take precautions. You can't simply leave a room like that without there being signs of it. Certainly, but in the meantime, you sent in a great deal of show of force, doing not a whole lot, and you've convinced the local people exactly what they thought of you before. Brutes, coming in to change their life for the worse. And you turn them to their side. People are already turning to their side. And, uh, Roman seems to approve. I believe wholeheartedly that the head of the serpent needs to be cut off. But we need to find where it is. Yes, the issue with insurgencies such as these is... If we remove the head without, uh, without grace, there will simply be another. Then we will go to the next one. Uh, Roman seems, uh... You know, happy with your, uh, suggestion, and says, If we're going to research, the proper place is the Granite Spire. There were extensive vaults of information below the spire. And this, uh, this structure was in use, uh, just shortly before Imperial arrival? When, uh, it was still dark, so to speak? Yes. It was fortified further and was the head of the Imperial occupation until it was withdrawn. 
as the commander felt that it, the commander of the salient felt that there was too great a risk of the native population falling to the Tau influence. Well, he couldn't have made that assumption without some sort of intelligence. Intelligence that will likely be at the spires, if that was the... or spire, uh, if that was the former seat of imperial occupation. Um, assuming that... we have a lander, right? Because we bought one? Yes, we do. Yeah, we have any... yeah, yeah. Assuming we can take our personal lander and uh, move about at least get to this hell's mark from the spires. Um, that's, that's the, that's the course of action that I'm inclined to suggest. Uh, my, my watch brothers speak for themselves. Yes. I would also say if there's a, if there's a place that, uh, a full strike force would be necessary, it is a highly impenetrable structure that's lasted millennia on this ever changing world. A place that's a place where Xenos are certainly to, uh, certain to be, Taking knowledge from the locals. I understand the need, the need for speed, but I'm not suggesting a year-long information-gathering campaign. Simply a day or two. Roman uh, nods and says, Yes, this is obviously the best way to proceed. We advance, we take the information, and then we can strike. Alistair uh, stands up and pounds a fist on the table. He says, I didn't come a hundred thousand miles to sit in orbit. We are here to bring justice. We will fall on them like the gods of old, and we will purge them. We are falling on them like the gods of old. Practiced. Strong. And measured. Hixus stands up to match Alistair. <laughs> and just looks at him, helmet still on from across the room. <laughs> is it truly the course of action that bothers you? This is something that is difficult. A series of steps, someone I would expect a veteran to understand. That we are not offering them mercy. We are offering patience. Is this about your fallen battle, brothers? Is this why you tire so quickly of reasonable discourse? We just got back from a seven-month deployment fighting the Tau. We lost too many good men there. We are not going to sit here and allow the Tau to take control of this planet under our very noses. Look around, my brother. Everyone here knows of loss. Do not speak like you have a moral high ground. I, I turn slightly and show him the, uh, the rondelle of the consecrators. We understand the need for action, which is why we speak of taking action, the step-by-step step till we crush the skull of this serpent beneath us. We work our way to it, though. There can be no body waiting to ensnare us, no open mouth we walk into. If you would wish to lose more of your battle brothers in the process, you may be so foolish. But I wish to spare them the loss of each other as well as a true day in glorious honor. Storm Wardens fear nothing. We are a match for anyone. When we die, we die for purpose. This is no question of fear. It is a question of practicality. Of what will work. Yes, and as demonstrated, what has already been executed will not. Brother Tobias, can we expect your help if we take this tactic? I can send some men to help. I don't wish to leave the rest of the population alone. I believe there are loyalists elsewhere. Hey, I guess that's one thing. Do, uh, do we know where all their guys are currently deployed? Like, have they all been? Have they all gone back into orbit? Uh, they are currently in orbit. 
Brother Tobias, if I were to give you access to the, uh, to the Hellmark's communication network, would you be able to dedicate more of your physical presence to our cause? Perhaps. Very well. I will keep that in mind. Roman stands up and says, so we're settled then. We go to the Granite Spire. The transmission will fall. And if we have anything to say about it, the resistance with it. Tobias uh, nods and says, yes, I think we can all work together to gather information and plan. And Alistair uh, shakes his head in disgust. And uh, he says, I could use the help of your people in this assault. We could get it done even more rapidly. We're heading down there. Join us if you wish. You forget yourself. And I need to simply remind you that you should probably ask our chapter brother, currently in Apothecarium, about the results of haste. You forget yourself. Have you forgotten your Storm Warden roots so fast? Did you not take the sacred trial as well? When the landers came, did you sit and wonder what may have been? You acted quickly and decisively. It's not the same. You know, I did not run headlong from my village through the swamps and immediately right to the landing pad. There were dangers everywhere. Dangers I was unaware of. I needed to determine their nature and pass through them calmly. With some haste, no doubt. I didn't want to dawdle. I don't think this is an apt comparison. You ignore, you ignore the support of not only a Death Watch kill team, but two other chapters ready to stand beside you because you are unwilling to accept a few more hours or days that may prove incredibly fruitful. The first assault did not go well, as I was informed. Yes, because that man, the emotions to Tobias, was trying to micromanage every little thing. If he had let us strike, perhaps we would have found them before they disappeared like rats. Brother Alistair, I respect you, and I respect your fervor, and I respect your tactics largely, but I believe they are misplaced at this time. There is no more reason to think that you going to the Spire to seek information will not simply allow the rebels to move around you as well. You believe there is nothing to be gained by sending a tech marine to the center of the communications hub used by the rebels. The communications hub is on the Hellsmark. Yes. Not on the Granite Spire. The Granite Spire may well be empty still. Either way, it's not where they're broadcasting from. That's not where they have their foothold. No, but it is connected to a great deal of things. Things that I can learn from. Much intelligence can be stolen from the Granite Spire. So go and learn. We are Astartes. We would appreciate your help, but we do not need it. We can storm this... Bastion alone. Very well, but attack conservatively. Try not to lose anyone. He nods and turns to walk out of the war room. Uh, Tobias looks and says, we, we, we should hurry too, if he's going to head that way. We will take advantage of his assault. He'll be a prime distraction for us. Very good. I'm going to send people to the hive cluster, and I will send in men to reinforce after the... Ultramarines have made their landing. Are we agreed? Well. Yes. Establishing a foothold is, uh, see, first fine step. Roman looks a little suspicious, and, uh, but he nods and says, Okay, we'll land, and we will wait for you to reinforce us. Does something worry you? And Tobias, I, I know that, that haste is the 
Word of the moment. But may I ask, you were not originally the commander of this squadron. He, uh, Tobias shakes his head. No, I have been captain for six months since, uh, Brother Marcus was slain. Roman, uh, Roman, uh, makes a very slight shrugging motion and says, It's more important to be victorious than glorious. Very well. Are we, are we decided? Shall we execute? Yes, I think so. And Tobias nods as well. We'll be there as soon as you need us. Excellent. And I think we can protect the people as well. We may bring more to the cause. It sounds like our initial forays, after establishing the beachhead, will be a small covert actions towards the Hellsmark. Uh, as our tech marine suggested, if we were able to divert communications to your ends, uh, that's certainly something we'd, that we'll try to do. Um, if you're landing at a major population center, um, I ask for, not demand, uh, information, uh, more subtle sort, uh, population attitudes and the like. Need to see what sort of war this will be. Yes, we'll stay in communication. Good. Uh, I guess also, can I take, um, can I get orbital surveillance on the, gra- on the, on the site now, the hive cluster? On which one? Uh, the granite slab and the hive cluster. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and make just rolls to throw, for Just to throw it to these guys, since uh, at least the salamanders are going to be occupying the hive cluster without us for a bit. I have no present reason to distrust any of them. <laughs> Let's see. Oh boy. Okay. Did did not get surveillance on the on the hive cluster, eh? That's a <laughs> that's a seventy six, and I think it just says you make a you make a a check at fifty. Okay, so basically a 50-50 chance of getting anything. Yeah, and then every degree of success is an extra thing, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah. We have discovered what, what a mountain. Is... <laughs> they're okay, they're probably down uh, there, all right. Probably. Let me just double check the... Let me just check what this says again. It is a challenging perception test with a perception of 50. It's up to the GM to decide what the ship can gather. Additionally, each degree of success should offer the kill team additional intelligence. Yep. Over 50 um, won't oh, do anything. Oh, it's actually... Oh, so... Um, I've been doing this wrong. It's you. You're supposed to make the check so that I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It, uh, go ahead and roll them. If uh, if I okay. feel like complicating things, I'll make the roll myself, and I might give you bad information. Okay, I got three degrees of success on the granite slab. <laughs> the only thing we've been able to find out is there's nothing on the roof. Yeah, let's <laughs> say that that's most of what you get. There's no uh, observed vehicle activity. There are people around the slab, although, or on or on the slab and going in, not really going into or out of the spire. And uh, you do get one one bit of information: all the uh, cult statues and such that were erected were torn down, but not all the imperial statues. Gotcha. Just the ones what for the cult. Like, okay, I will note that down. You can't see what they were from here, but just clearly some sort of icon or whatever. I guess we'll find out if they're, you know, fucking Nurgle statues when we get down there or whatever. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's hard to tell what a statue was after it's been destroyed, especially for orbits. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is the number seven's popping up a whole lot here. I don't like it. <laughs> All right, so uh, as you, uh, you head back to the hangar and uh, Roman offers you his uh, Thunderhawk... Uh, is to head back to the ultramarine ship as as you climb aboard and uh once the salamanders are out of range he uh he frowns and uh 
says quietly, I worry about Tobias. He's young and untested. Alistair is tested. Tobias has everything to prove. Uh, I think you'll find so does Alistair. Perhaps. I suspect for the... I suspect for the time that we're in action, Tobias should be able to land a team and have them hold steady. Especially given the apparent lack of any personnel at the Spires. Well, he's also sending a squad of dudes to the Hive Cluster. Oh, yeah, that's, um, one thing. How, how are the, um, you said you landed on the Hellsmark, uh, briefly. Uh, what is their, do they have any sort of anti-air capability? Should we be worried about flying in particularly? There was no... No covering fire from the Hellsmark. We may face it at the Spire. The Spire was fortified. They have less use for such fortifications on a floating city. I did not see any such weapons at the Spire, but at least not from Orbit. They may be hidden. Alright, and yeah, this says you board the Thunderhawk to go prepare with the Ultramarines. I'm going to call an end of the session. Alright. <laughs> All right, all right so I've no got all my shit written down and all the notes here. No rewards yet. Do that after you uh, complete objectives. Sorry, this part went a little bit longer than I thought, but we're still kind of getting used to the setting. It's the introduction. So, uh, questions, comments. Uh, it's hard to give any. It's hard to give any real comments at this point, as this is like the introduction session. So, like everything's yes. going to be rough. Exactly. Like, it's been fine so far, but, like, there's not a lot to comment on specifically. Okay. Okay. I, I feel less lost than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah, like, basically you just miss out on, like, standard terminology and occasionally, like, things that people will be like, oh, that's a thing, and you'll be like, what? All right. I'm Other trying to that, make it, a, trying to make it accessible, because it is kind of an obtuse setting, and it's the, uh, I don't know what the best word is, but it's the grindiest of the uh, settings yeah no well i mean 40k lore in general is the twisted impenetrable as a granite octopus yeah i, we're just I kind definitely of need like... to do some more research because i don't know how to like phrase things the teleportarium yeah, is where you get teleported from well, I, guess... I mean like it, in terms of in terms of just sort of general speech patterns it's a lot <laughs> for especially for for sisters it's a lot less sort of um like I've, I've tried to remain mostly formal, if somewhat gregarious, and that's sort of the best a space marine can get. Uh, but I think there's not too much in terms of like guidelines. Uh, the only thing well, that like, the, um, the the only thing the book says is that you don't use slang or contractions, and that's all it recommends as far as how to talk like a space marine. <laughs> For me, it's like more, talk uh, like a knight. <laughs> I'm more trying to figure out how a sister of battle differs from a space marine, and my character's core concept is righteous, so like, I need a better understanding of the cult of the Imperium. Well, it also depends on what you particularly see as your path to righteousness. If you feel like just stomping out things, you may have very much agreed with uh, Alistair there. And you know, just burn them no, all because they're turning to the alien kind of thing. She much yeah, more like... agreed with Tobias uh, that the... Um, that if there are any Imperial Loyalists and they are entitled to the protection of the Emperor and the Sisters of Battle basically are the protection of the Emperor. But yeah, like, it's, um, what, what we were I, seeing I need, here... Like, I need to know stuff that I can reference. Like, James has the, the mysteries and the warnings and a couple of people have quoted stuff and I, I need to find that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know where you're pulling the quotes from the Adeptus uh, Astartes. Or were you just reading... Re 
Or were you just reading The Art of War? <laughs> no, um, if, I, if you go to the Lexicanum page on the Codex Astartes, there's only like five quotes from it. And like I said, like two of them are just Sun Tzu ripoffs. Um, yeah, that's what I found from Gleaming 1D4chan, but I didn't find any like real quotes. Yeah, no, the, the branch thing is a quote from... That's what, the Codex must be huge because it says it's from Codesi... 1010-7-9-i or dash one. The book is so the book is so big that nobody has a complete copy of it. Yeah, I, I was reading about it. Said that uh, some people carry the heart of the codex with them, but the full codex fills librarians. <laughs> yeah, it's, but anyway, it, in, in terms of um, in terms of like the cult, the cult of the Imperium. Um, unlike the Codex Astartes, there's not really one sort of book you can look at. I mean, in-universe, the Lictitio Divinatus is that book, but that's not really sort of represented in the fluff. This is, um, yeah, this is kind of one of the things, is the fluff, the fluff is, uh, is like a Tom Clancy story, and it talks a lot about weapons, and not really much about anything else. Well, because it's, it's a, it's a game for people to paint up their minis and have them shoot yeah, it's, at each it's other. Yeah, it's a, it's a, tact, it's a tactical <laughs> war game, so like... So, so it's it's kind of hard. Like that was one of the things I had to dig for. Like I had to dig for like half an hour to find one quote from the apothecary's oath. But um, in, in terms of stuff to mine, um, like I'm sure either either Kevin or, or maybe even you have uh, like from Dark Heresy one, uh, Blood of Martyrs, that uh, core book or uh, oh, yeah. book, um, which focuses on the sisters for about a third of it. I took a look through it for Sisters Mechanics, but uh, that's a good point about the fluff. Yeah, yeah, that could be useful because, like, um, and it, it really what depends I've got, on what I've um, from like a couple of YouTube videos and some Google searches. Right. Uh, well, uh, first off, she's a sister militant, I assume, since she's going around flaming stuff. Uh, uh, she's a, a she's a seraphim, is what I know most. Okay, so yeah, that's a, um, uh, part of it. Will come from what whatever order you're from. Um, we'll sort of maybe color a bit of your role playing, uh, like what's the, what's the real big, is it bloody rose, scarlet rose, something like that. Uh, the blood rose Rose. or the bloody rose here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, if you go to like the lexicanum, the 40 K wiki, um, and just go look for order of the. There's usually, there's a Martyred Lady, Bloody Rose, Argent Shroud, Valorous Heart, Sacred Rose, and Ebon Chalice. Those are the six big ones. Okay. Um, so you might want to take a look at those. Um, see if any of their particular uh, sort of mindsets or ways of doing things. Um, for example, the Argent Shroud, just to give an example, um, they are really silent. Like, they, they, like, they're not sworn to silence, but they rarely speak, preferring to let their actions speak for them. Often these actions speak of selfless heroism. They're big against uh, clean- cleansing mutants with flamers, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and other other orders have different you know sort of feels to them, just like our chapters. So that is probably something I'd look at. Um, Definitely, along with just yeah that middle section of Blood of Martyrs, um, and just sort of general information. I check out the Lexicanum, the 40k wiki, and I um, aren't there a couple 40k wikis? Give me else in particular. There's the, I mean, there's the, there's the 40k wiki, and then there's Lexicanum, which is the other 40k wiki. Uh, the one I just put in the chat, each of the headers has a pretty good quote from uh, Sororitas texts. 
Yeah, so that's the other one that's good. Lexicanum has uh, covers everything that the that the other forty k wiki doesn't. I think Lexicanum is focused a bit more on the war game because you get a lot more pictures of minis. Yeah. Also, just a a little glimpse behind the mechanics. Uh, there is there was a hard mechanic behind all that, and every time a captain felt insulted by someone, tensions <laughs> rose. I figured. Tensions. It's not good. <laughs> not good now. I felt like I felt like that was a situation that wasn't going to be resolved. <laughs> I. Hmm. Also, looking at actual pictures of venerable dreadnoughts, I like that even the venerable dreadnoughts are not free of uh, comically large pauldrons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty happy with having two guys mostly on our side and trying to use the Mm -hmm. third. Yeah, I wanted to try and get everybody working together, but I wasn't sure how to actually convince the Storm Warden. I'm sorry, if uh, somebody had, like, pitched a skill i'm gonna try to make skill checks although it wouldn't have been easy oh there's and no way i could have done it in character like specifically the demeanor of my uh chapter i guess i like, could have thrown i guess and I... wait and watch for things that go and then strike when it's time after you got enough information and stayed silent i i thought of i thought of yeah, yeah i thought about literally talking yes. about the, uh, <laughs> i thought about talking about the tyrannical war and using yeah like defense doctrine but it didn't it seemed like a weird one for this for like an insurgency he was uh the problem is he was diametrically opposed to the thing i would have wanted to do yeah yeah i mean yes and um and by bias aside like yeah the codex is the thing that michael knows (laughs) he's going to follow the codex yeah that's sort of the ultramarine thing it's more like guidelines, really. <laughs> and, yeah, and the the current Storm Warden chapter master is supposed to have maybe memorized it. And what's my chapter demeanor all about again? Um, secrecy, probably. Sons of know. a lion. <laughs> Mine's mine is watchful for weakness. I'm a son of a lion. I'm not sure what my chapter summary is, but I think yours is probably like the honor code. the codex. Honestly, oh yeah, that's actually actually yeah. I think honor the codex is actually my like thing on my character sheet. Yeah, yeah, my demeanor. Yeah, uh, you came close to uh, Claymore's. <laughs> Maybe you should have. <laughs> you would have got wrecked. So much boob armor. <laughs> they have bro- I mean. It, it, at rank one, you would. It doesn't really matter how much. If you had min maxed into uh, uh, weapon talents, I doubt you could have uh, just gotten past the sheer weight of talents this guy has. Yeah, he has been a commander for a hundred years. Also, I had to really resist uh, when you're talking about <laughs> when you're talking about the uh, um, when you're talking about Roman, <laughs> who was commander for four hundred twenty years. Just like nice. <laughs> <laughs> Also, <laughs> damn it, Axe, you took one of the lines I wanted to use really bad, which is the you forget yourself. That's my favorite old-timey, like, <laughs> chill the fuck out. Okay, I think I acted in accordance with my demeanor. The only oh. the only relevant thing is they refuse to accept anything other than total victory. <laughs> Be- because they're stubborn. M- most of it is remain secret. Remain secret about uh, the dark angels and uh, abhor <laughs> working alongside non-humans. Oh yeah, and we should probably cut the recording sometime soon since we're all recording locally. Are we supposed to clap? Oh, yeah.
Uh, we don't need to. We don't no, need to clap, need for, clap the for the ending. It only needs to happen. No once. back clapping. Oh, cool. Okay, that's fine. Worst I'll just worst cut, comes I'll to worst. He patches the, in. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just cut in the Google Play version. Good night, <laughs> then. Good night, Good night. Matt.